Welcome to episode 223 of the Digital Tourism Show. In this episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with David Bullock of Travelport. Now, Travelport is a business you've probably never heard of, but they power most of the travel apps and booking systems that you use daily. For example, they developed the EasyJet app. So if you're interested to know more about what Travelport do and how they can help promote your products through their system, I urge you to watch this episode. Thank you very much for coming along. No problem, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's all right. It was a, wee, it was a while back we first met, wasn't it? it was yeah. Like, I'm trying to remember. Was it through LinkedIn, wasn't it? Was it Shaper? What was the app where you kind of... It, yes, it was like LinkedIn, LinkedIn, LinkedIn developed an app called Shaper. It was a bit was like Shaper? Tinder for professionals and you're swiping. <laughs> you're swiping going... You oh, literally did swipe left and right. I did swipe left and right. Going, he's in marketing, he's in this. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's right. what it was. So, yeah, it was quite interesting. I don't even know if that still exists. I'm going to have to check that out. So uh, you're here on behalf of Travelport, so yep. um, tell us a bit more about what, uh, who Travelport are and what you provide for the tourism industry. Okay, so I'll kind of give a little bit of a history lesson on uh, from Travelport. So we uh, historically would be known as a GDS, so everybody knows that terminology out there. If you want to go even further back, a CRS. Um, so our job was very much collecting all the airlines content, so fares and availability, and being able to mix that together and then putting that onto travel agents, desktops, that's then evolved into APIs. So you see out there um, on kind of websites, Skyscanner, etc. So we're probably one of these companies that's kind of always in the background, incredibly big, but we're probably behind a lot of the, the brands that you know and you work with that don't necessarily come across us. Um, I think one of the, you said one of the numbers, I wrote down the numbers because I can never remember it. But, um, so we've got like 400, Odd airlines, including a lot of the low-cost carriers, um, 650,000 hotels. It's so interesting reading numbers out to people, and I can't <laughs> help it. Um, 37,000 car hires. But as you said, one of the biggest things, and certainly from your point of view, when we talk about we've got about 68,000 agencies, um, and that's in 180 plus countries. I don't know why our marketing department says 180 plus, we could just say 183, that's the number. Um, but that's the desktops on front of 235,000 actual agents themselves as well. So it's quite a kind of big spread across globally, um, the travel port name, what yeah. we do. Okay, so would, um, if the, be the benefit of the audience, would, if they were here for accommodation or tour providers, like, would they connect or directly with Travelport or would it be through a third party with Travelport? How would that work? So work? From, from a hotel point of view, if we took hotels as an instance, um, it used to always be historically we would have the big chains, mm -hmm. so Marriott, etc. or if somebody was already working with a large um, kind of provider or, or, or kind of aggregator that we would then add into that content. However, now uh, through a couple of acquisitions we've made over the last few years, we can be a lot more agile to bring uh, hotels or B&Bs or apartments on board. Um, quite often we'll do that in conjunction with like a travel management company. So if they're making a lot of bookings in a particular property, mm -hmm. they might come to us because it can streamline the whole process for them and obviously saves on phone calls and, and to and fro mm -hmm. from that point of view. So it's something that we're kind of streamlined. Mm -hmm. um, from a tour point of view and that kind of thing, it's something that we, we haven't quite got there properly yet. So there's been a lot of different ways of approaching it, and it's one of the things I think we're quite open to mm -hmm. 
is and how we do it. Um, for instance, our agent desktop, which is a smart point, has the ability to have kind of apps or plugins on it. So in the past, we've had different companies, for instance, uh, Ingresso was one of them, oh, yeah. um, who sold kind of, um, what do you call them, theatre tickets. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of tying in that idea. So a lot of our travellers or a lot of travellers are booked through our tours, our, our tools, certainly on the offline world, um, are corporate travellers. So we're doing a lot more of the, and I was talking Sunday earlier, I love this kind of, I hate this word, pleasure. Um, so you already have a business traveller going somewhere and yeah, they'll get a nice hotel and the flights will be fine. However, this is the 15th time they've been to Denver. What do you offer them this mm -hmm. time? Um, people are far more looking for an experience um, you know, rather than just the A to B. Yeah. So that's where something like Ingresso and being able to sell theatre tickets was again a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, we could kind of, there's a, a number of different ones that we've gone down the road with as well. Heathrow Express tickets, it's all just trying to make this, and it's a term again I've used, is a, a kind of frictionless experience as much as possible. Um, and one of the biggest parts that we've, we've been working hard on, I'm not saying we've got an answer, is at what point you sell as well. Well, so that sort of leads into my next question because obviously the likes of um, Booking.com, etc., bringing in more tours and activities, that type of thing, to be part of the buying journey. Um, now, you guys developed, if I remember rightly, the EasyJet app. Yep. It's one of, your, one of your apps that you actually developed yourselves. So are you looking at those apps that you've created for these other companies to integrate something along those sort of lines? Do you see that sort of the way the industry is developing? Totally, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So from our point, we're always working in a B2B model. So mm -hmm. we're always selling to an agent, whether it's online or offline. Um, so, for instance, well, in the case of EasyJet, it's slightly different, I guess, with airlines. Um, but now we're working with agencies to sell that kind of uh, app in. And again, it's that there's these missed opportunities. The the travel industry at this point, the margins on air are kind of decreasing, um, and, and, and hotels, etc. So it's looking at the opportunities for sale. So the app we see is a really good opportunity to. Once somebody's, you know, is it two days out from travel that somebody will think, oh, what am I going to do there? I've got a free night. Um, is it four days out? Is it actually as they arrive and getting that right point? Mm -hmm. So we built quite a, a, a smart tool. In the, I'm sure marketing just love the fact that I called it a smart tool. Um, <laughs> in the background of all of our apps called the Engage platform. And a lot of that is automating those points of contact and those points of, of sale effectively. Or not always sale as well, but it's that kind of ongoing conversation. Mm -hmm. So it used to be very much from an agency's point of view, it was the point of booking was the point that you were involved. However, now, and as again, we we're talking about earlier with the chat box, chat bots and Facebook, is there's that point of research where agents and, uh, and providers can be involved in. Then there's a point of booking, but then you've got that constant engagement all the way. It's not just an itinerary handed out. It's a kind of potential to add value all the way around, including when they come back, how was your trip? Do you want to share pictures on here? And you can continue that kind of virtuous cycle, mm -hmm. if you like. Excellent. One of the ones, sorry. Oh, sorry? No, no, no. Uh, one of the ones we did again recently was, was with uh, EasyJet, was with regards to that kind of research and inspiration. Uh, we built a tool with them that integrated with Instagram. So if somebody had seen a picture of a, a location or something that looked lovely, they could then click on it and it would actually take them to EasyJet's site to say, oh, here's how much it would cost to fly there. Um, so stuff like that. So again, it's 
I think it was the progression that Wes was talking about earlier of, you know, from letters to emails. My view is, as always, it's where, where are your customers at? Mm -hmm. And if they're in Facebook, if they're in Instagram, that's the place to have that conversation. Yeah. It makes it easy as possible. I'm going to go slightly off topic here because of what's <laughs> happened recently, but um, do you think that type of technology and the way the industry going, do you think that's probably why something like Thomas Cook sort of fell, fell the wayside? And they just didn't keep up with it? I, I, think, I think Thomas Cook was a, a lot of different things, mm -hmm. but I think there is a point where, from a digital, digital transformation point of view, um, I think Thomas Cook, like every large company, had bursts of, mm -hmm. of kind of uh, development. Mm -hmm. and, and, but I, I just think, yeah, I, I think it's, there's, there's new names out there that we haven't heard of yet that next year will be our biggest tour, tour operators mm -hmm. and our biggest travel agencies. It's such an evolving space, yeah. travel, and it's one of the things that keeps it fascinating yeah. and exciting. Hard to keep up with. Yeah, and hard to keep up with. <laughs> <laughs> so you also um, do destination marketing as well as part of Travel Port. Yeah. So, uh, for, and I believe that you did it for the likes of uh, Visit Britain, was that right? Yeah, so we've done Visit that. Britain, and one of the ones actually that I'd, I'd taken notes on uh, was with regards to Chinese travel. So this was actually for Western Europe mm -hmm. uh, as a whole. Um, so as we said, or as I said, we've got 68,000 agencies and 235 kind of desktops sitting in front of people and it's using that to kind of help kind of you know uh, sell maybe destinations or expand on destinations that maybe people weren't thinking of and I think one of the interesting ones and why I picked that out as an example was it wasn't just somebody saying oh we want people to come to London for this show or London for or whatever for that this was a kind of work between so the UNESCO were involved National Geographic an EU rail, so it was a kind of coming together of different partners. Mm -hmm. So all it was trying to do was trying to affect a slight market change. So looking at obviously China seems like a vast opportunity. It's much smaller than you think, and then there's the people who know where they're going. And but it's trying to give them the opportunities as well while they're over. They made that kind of larger journey. So I know that that one. I think it was. I didn't write this number down. I think it was something like it, we saw a 23% increase mm -hmm. in hotel bookings from that particular one. Um, but it's destination marketing. It's one of these, as a historical GDS, um, we've taken our time over the last period to change that travel commerce platform, which I'm glad we're not shortening to three letters because TCP just sounds strange. Um, but it's because we realized that kind of real estate that we've got and that what we've got in front of people. And so it's opening up those different opportunities for people to use that um, on top of what we already sell. Um, so that's, yeah, I think it's one of these places that we're working on and we're growing. Mm -hmm. So again, it's one of the opportunities that are there to look for yeah. new kind of new ideas. Excellent. So, uh, so obviously, um, for what I've, I've been looking at your website and stuff, like, mm -hmm. it's not just the distribution side of things that you guys deal with. You actually deal with all the merchant side of it as well. Mm -hmm. Stuff as you go from beginning to end, pretty much in the whole journey, isn't it? <coughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think it's like. Um, as I said, every day in travel at the moment, it's very much looking at what are your opportunities. So it used to be a lot of our, you know, when I look back, so I've been 15 years with uh, the various iterations of travel port. And I look back and I remember trying to talk uh, travel management companies into booking hotels. Because quite often it was like, oh, they wanted the flight, but then there was a hotel sitting there. Some, they were staying somewhere while they were away three nights. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's that kind of what other opportunities. And again, we had billions of, dollars worth of transactions going through our systems. We understand travel really well, at least we like to think so. Um, so it was an opportunity for us to see how that would work for us. 
so eNet, which is our kind of uh, joint venture um, payments tool, um, has been a huge success, one of the fastest growing parts of the business. Um, I think one of the, the opportunities, again, that we saw at the time when we started eNet was, I think, banks, etc., struggled with travel. And I'm not saying local, recent news might affect that again, mm. um, but we could use our scale as a kind of to help people get the best value mm -hmm. uh, and, and make money from where they weren't making money before. Yeah. So, um, uh, do, do you actually see um, Travelport do more in the tours and activity sector? Because obviously, if you think people like you know, Booking.com, mm -hmm. TripAdvisor, all that sort of things, buying up all these different booking platforms to integrate more of that sort of mm -hmm. stuff into it and things like that, do you think Travelport's going to end up going down that route? As a, as a vastly growing part of the industry. I, th I think the one thing that hasn't changed in all the years that I've worked from Travelport is, is that content is king. Um, and whether that comes to we need to have low-cost carriers or we need to have the hotels and then we'll need to have the Airbnb-style mm -hmm. content, which we're now getting on board, it's going to be the next, the next stage. Yeah. And I think once a lot of the technologies move forward, and I think that's one of the things that's revolutionised travel from my point of view in the space we work in, is the kind of move to APIs. It's gone from the legacy, you need a room full of programmers to build X, Y, and Z, you've now got somebody in their bedroom building the next app or the next uh, technology that can then just link, whether it's onto Facebook or the next social media app um, down the road. So yeah, I can absolutely see that being um, something that we would need to kind of include. And it is something that we have dipped our toe in in different markets. Mm -hmm. So for instance, in Germany, there's a very strong um, history of tour operator uh, marketplace. So we own a, a, a tour operator a marketplace tool over there. Um, and over in the US, we've got a cruise, cruise and stay product as well. So it's something that's always been quite regional. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's based on that need. Um, but I think long term, again, as I say, yeah. it's the API economy just opens up all of these opportunities to make it so much easier. Yeah. Or as Wes says, you'll probably find some 15-year-old boy creating something and getting 100,000 million. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I want to open it up to the audience. So does anyone have any questions for David? Yes? The one from Jessica. Hi. Um, obviously, we are quite a, a small kind of community. Um, for, from your perspective, what can um, small providers do with, say, for example, either a platform like yours or similar technology to really kind of push themselves to the next level, especially, say, keeping it regional to Scotland? Yeah, I think probably one of the, there's kind of two sides. I mean, when we were talking, I was talking to Chris earlier, one of the things historically we're really good at, so it's still our biggest bit, is providing content. So I would say probably from your point of view is you may have one piece of the puzzle already that you do really, really well, but where is the rest of that business? So how are the flights getting in? Now that might not be you can do it on your own, but there might be already agents within Scotland. Um, and there's quite a thriving kind of independent agencies uh, kind of community within uh, Scotland. Um, so working with them and getting that kind of content. So you're starting to tie up um, that kind of stuff. Long term, probably we're maybe a little bit too big to kind of start distributing your stuff. However, that said, you know, if uh, Visit Scotland or et cetera start to do something, then that's certainly conversations that we can have. Um, I think at this point from our, where we're at in that development journey, we're probably open to anything. 
Um, so if somebody came to us with a good story or something that we can help with, and I think as Wes said as well, it comes down to what the objectives are. As long as you have a clear objective of what you're going for, then I think that's something that we can definitely work with. Um, but yeah, realistically, I think it's a kind of a bigger project probably, just from the size we are. Any other questions? Yep. I can see um, what kind of percentage in Scottish context, what roughly kind of percentage of accommodation, tourism activities um, have you got that you're integrated or connected with? That's a really good question and I really wish I had the answer. <laughs> uh, from a tourism activities, it would be low to almost zero. Uh, from a hotel's point of view, we probably, certainly the major chains have been easy to, to kind of to, to, to mop up. Um, it would be, I, I, I wish I could actually give you a quick answer on that, um, but I know I did have one a while ago because I wanted to prove it to myself how many hotels that we, as Travelport, travel uh, make happen in Scotland. Um, it's a very high number, if that helps, <laughs> but not all of them. <laughs> Apologies. Any further questions? Oh, Jessica. Oh, yeah. I was wondering, so you guys have obviously amassed a mass amount of data over the years. Yeah. You are a private company, so therefore there's, there's no um, incentive necessarily to share that data mm -hmm. with anyone. Um, but do you work with public sector or other providers to make some of your findings or like parts of your findings available to uh, general, um, general <laughs> Providers. We do actually um, share our data now. That, again, that's one of the things, thanks, um, <laughs> that we have evolved. We've realized that we have a lot of data um, showing where people are traveling, where people are booking as well. So it is something that we built, uh, it's called, I'm trying to remember, uh, Travelport TCI, can't remember what it stands for now. Uh, competitive Insights, Competitive Insights. Um, but the idea being with that product is that you can see what travel patterns are happening out there. And, you know, for instance, we would sell that, and it's something that there's a local trade body in Scotland, uh, the SPAA, Scottish Passenger Agents Association, which we work with quite closely, and we're in discussion with them to be able to kind of share that kind of information with them so they can look at traveler patterns, because um, sometimes it can help preempt what way things are going, etc. I know there's obvious times of year when you know travel's going to come in, uh, but you can actually start to see where it's heading kind of further out. So yeah, absolutely. I imagine that would help massively with like, sustainable tourism and things like that as well, find out where the pockets are busy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, from our point of view, and I'll be honest, because we're also selling it from the point of view of where is everybody going? Does that particular airline have the right cost or the mm -hmm. right price? Why are they not selling when they can see everybody else is selling in that direction? Mm -hmm. uh, but no, absolutely. It, I mean, from a sustainability point of view, that's a huge question and it's something that We've worked on various products throughout the year, especially from airlines. Uh, we've had um, different carbon calculators um, and probably like you guys have seen as well, it comes and goes in fashion. Mm. Uh, as soon as uh, 2008 happened, suddenly nobody was interested. It was all about what was cheapest. And now we're starting to see that increase again. It starts in kind of like the, the public body sector first, and then you start to see in the private sector, they want to be able to report on it at the very least. Mm -hmm. So it is something that we do kind of see that kind of That's stuff. Good to know. That's interesting. 
Any further questions? Oh, got a question there. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. this book here is well, I'm quite familiar with the world of GDS. <laughs> so, um, one of the things when you were talking, I was just thinking there over the years there's been a lot written about the challenge that GDSs will have, and you know, um, and I was just wondering if over a period of time if you had to adapt your cost models quite a lot to maybe competitive with the ideas. Yeah, so I mean, just to kind of a, a little bit of the kind of economics behind what we do. So every time somebody books a flight on our system, so an agent books it, the airline will pay us some money and we tend to pay a part of that onto the agent as well as an incentive. Unfortunately, it's something that happened decades ago, which is now it's the competitive model across us and our competitors. Um, but we're now in a place where things are starting to change. There's a historic model of how airline content was distributed. So it goes through a complex, it goes through a hosting system to a, a kind of system that sorts out the information to onto the GDSs themselves um, and each part of that has a cost and again going back to the API economy airlines want to own a lot more of that themselves uh, part of that's a cost reduction mm -hmm. part of it's also allows them to be speedier to market which a lot of the low-cost carriers have they can quickly change a fare when they see it starting to get busier whereas the old system doesn't really allow for that speed it can take a few days for it to work its way through and by that point that kind of competitive edge could be lost. So a lot of them are starting to look at this kind of more direct model. So because they're doing a lot more of the work and we're doing a lot less, we charge a lot less, but it costs us a lot less as well. Um, so it's changing the model. From our point of view, a personal point of view, because a part of my background's technology, it's always been a strange model to say, We've got the best system with all the content that you need and here's money every time you use it. It's a strange way to sell, whereas in the future I'll get to say, here's our tool, it's the best one out there and here's why, mm -hmm. uh, which will be a far more clear-cut model <laughs> from my point of view. Um, the hard thing is that the current system, it's kind of like the, the analogy somebody used was the pipes under Rome that cover, you know, carry all the sewage. They've been there for 3,000 years, they work. There's not a problem with how they work. Um, and that's kind of the old current system of distribution. Um, but what they don't allow for is all the kind of rich content, being able to see the pictures of the seats and being able to bundle things in different ways, which is what the airlines want to do. And we totally want to work with them in doing it. Um, so it's a kind of slow process. But from our point of view, commercially, yes, it's a change, but it's one we've seen coming for quite a while. So we've We've had it in the back burner to be ready yeah. for it, thankfully. Yeah, good, good. Well, thank you for your time. No, thank I you. I really do appreciate you coming along and uh, talking to talk about Travelport. Um, I think it's certainly a, uh, it's one of these ones that you're obviously developed so many apps and it's apps we all use every day in terms mm. of that, but you're, you're sort of hidden under the radar. Yep. Nobody seems to know who you are and stuff like that, but you, it's like, you know, EasyJet, was it was the other ones you, you, you mentioned? EasyJet, Singapore, Singapore, Etihad, uh, we've built some for big agents as well, mm. BCD Travel. Mm. Um, bit travel and stuff like that. So yeah, so, yeah, we're busy. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Can no, everyone thank please you guys. give a massive thank Thanks you. Thanks very much. <laughs>